This is Crewcast, a podcast about the most infamous band in rock history. Your resident crew head, Jason, here with you. Thank you for listening, or now we do put the videos up on YouTube. So if you're watching there, thanks very much. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are enjoying. And of course, don't forget to follow Crewcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Crewcast. And hey, let us know some topics you might want to talk about on a future episode. I am with my brother, Higgy. What is going on, good sir? What's happening, bro? Thank you for having me. This, this is a pretty awesome experience for me. Well, you you inspired this one. We were talking, so uh, to let people, you know, kind of know your background and our, our connection. Of course, we're both in recovery, recovery ad- advocates, and, um, you know, you are the founder of No More Heroin. And yes, you've had your run with addiction and, and heroin use. And we were talking about Motley Crue and you mm-hmm. went dancing on glass is my favorite song. And I went, oh, we're going to have to get on here and do a lyrical <laughs> breakdown of this song, man, because uh, I think a lot of people, it's such a good and catchy song. Nikki Six had a way of writing some yes. really dark shit in a very pop appealing way. And this song is one of those quintessential songs. That's right. And then just the, 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 the music to it, the lyrics, I mean, it, it's a whole experience for me. And it was, you know, when, when I was younger, Motley Crue was one of my favorite bands, them and rat. I, I loved rat as well. Big, big hair bands. But uh, for me, um, I, I can pinpoint this time in my life as when experimentation with drugs transitioned over in, into the darkness, the habit, you know, my, all the, all the joy that, that getting high on substances and drinking, it all turned on me. Right. And, and got really, real, real, real dark. And, and I, and I'm an empath, which means that I, I, I feel uh, emotions a lot deeper. I, I can sense energies of people, groups, and just like it, like walking into a room, you you can sense when there's tension, right? You, mm-hmm. they, they always say you can cut it with a knife. Well, I, for me, the, being an empath, it was very confusing for me, and I didn't find out till later in life that that's what who I was and why I felt the way I was feeling. And for me, being an empath, music is not just something I listen to; I I feel it. I experience right. it. M- music is meant to be felt. You know, it's, it's, it's language of the heart that no words can ever really describe. Yeah, I agree. And it's the one thing that it can, you know, it's trippy. You can connect with someone in a completely different country that loves the same musician band, it's whatever right. it is. And they're just, they're just filming the whole thing. They may not even know the words or the, the if it's in English, it's it inspired the vibe. them to learn. It's that vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and Motley Crue's one of those bands that transcended us, you know, just doing stadium tours around the crew the cast. I'm on the crew <laughs> cast. This is so dope, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I, we're talking about music and feelings and stuff like that. I, when I was younger, I used to, we had cassette tapes, right? I always make my girlfriend uh-huh. mix, a mixed, mixed tape of, of music. One side was all sentimental things that meant meant something to me and the other side was just all rock you know just things that move you drive you and and we use music for for various various things and, and music therapy is a very very real aspect to my recovery yeah i i agree it um literally the uh song uh primal scream which is about primal scream therapy yeah. you know was uh, what inspired nikki six 
made me dig more into that stuff and and some other different avenues of things. It's uh, I've talked about it before. The irony of Nikki Six being one of those guys that was on my wall as a kid. I thought he's the coolest thing with you know great tunes, look cool, uh, the chicks, the partying, whatever. Yeah, and the whole package. Get, yeah, then <laughs> to get sober and and then to meet him, you know, when I was first seeking. So I've met him so or spoken with him several times in person. But the last time was actually when I was in the recovery process. So it's kind of a trip how those things, you know, come full circle. Um, and because so many people did not make it out of the 80s from the rock scene. I think I've lost you here. Hold on. Uh oh. Uh, there it is. The, the, the screen is touch screen. I'm, I'm using someone else's computer and I touch something I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hands off now. All right. Well, hey, Higgy, let's dig into this. What we're going to do for this is the first lyrical breakdown on Crewcast. We're going to kind of go by stanza by stanza. Um, and it, I mean, gosh, yeah, uh, just this is going to be some. It's, such a, it's a good jam. It really is. Oh, yeah. That's some of my favorite playing from Mick Mars, too, which if you listen to the podcast, you know, that's my favorite member by far of Motley Crue. Uh, right. All right, here we go. Uh, starting off, can't find my doctor. My bones can't take the ache. Uh, I hear that, you know, can't find his dealer. He's mm -hmm. going through the withdrawal process. Or he's ran out of pills. You right. Know? He can't get back into the doctor. You know, and he, he, he the, the, you feel that. You feel that in your bones and, and, it's so relatable for people like like us that have struggled with with addiction, opiates. The the withdrawal is what keep the you know the fear of withdrawal and the pain of withdrawal is what keep us in our our active addiction lo far longer than we should be. Yeah, I, I mean, how many people once you you know you talk to. As I know you do and me, that it's, uh, yeah, it's not even that it's necessary. It's, it, we get to a point in our addiction, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it doesn't, no. but we keep it, using it because the pain is so fucking bad. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's a full-time job. It's torturous. It's, it's time-consuming, and it's exhausting overall. Yeah. Well, and then the rest of this uh, section is uh, if you dance with the devil, your day will come to pay. I mean, it it's th this whole part can't find my doctor. My bones can't take the ache. If you dance with the devil, your day will come to pay. It's that that thing that we know we have an issue. And I've heard, again, alcohol, my primary thing, but where you are just feeling it and and you're you're at a point of insanity because the pain and the withdrawal is so bad, but you know it could kill you. Yet you still make that choice anyways. Absolutely. You know, the, the drugs have hijacked our brain chemistry and it, that's that's all we think about. You know, it, it, it's an avoidance of pain overall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, next part is uh, downtown fuel injected dreams or busting at the seams. Am I in Persia or, or am I just insane? Just insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Down, latter part. <laughs> down. Downtown. <laughs> uh, That's where I found myself so many times in back alleys and seeking out people that looked like me. And I never had a problem hooking up with, with dealers. It's just like, it seemed like I would, no matter where I went, I found somebody just yeah. like me, willing, willing to feed my addiction, will willing to, you know, invest in my, my, my pain. 
Yeah. And it didn't, doesn't mean, didn't matter where I went there. I was. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, like you said, you're an impact. It's almost like we give off that vibe to so many other people and mm-hmm. yeah, you can find that click really quick. Yeah. Anywhere. You know, the, uh, this, this, these two lines fuel injected dreams are bursting at the seams. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't use opiates, drugs for pleasure only. I, I used it be, for, for energy focus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in the beginning that served me well, you know, and I, and I, and I'm an, I was an IV drug user as well. So, and, and I did use that, for, use that for fuel, for fuel, right. because without it, I was nothing but a broken shell of a person just suffering, suffering and suffering. And I needed more to feel. And I kept needing more and more to feel the same way to try to get the same results. And that's what they call chasing the dragon. Right. Right. Well, uh, what, what do you think of this part here though? The, am I in Persia or am I just insane? I I mean, I know we've heard a lot, you know, Persian white and all these different things. Do you think it's in reference to that as, you know, is he in a state of, of just, uh, you know, utopia yeah utopia or is it the insanity part it's the insanity that looks like utopia <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that was that was you know had these, these these lenses on on my eyes to see the world a certain way and 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 for me to find find or feel like i fit in i felt like i needed to have those substances added added to my body yeah. to, to have any value to have any purpose to, to, to even function in life. Yeah. Now, uh, and it's interesting too, because I kind of did a little bit of um, research in reference to um, to Persia, you know, of course, also a reference to street name for, for heroin, but uh, uh-huh. um, going back like Persian medical history and the, their yeah. references to, to drugs in general was mm-hmm. uh, anything a plant animal or in nature or unnatural that alters your state. And this was thousands of years ago. So there, it was pretty interesting to me to figure, find that out when I was getting a little more research into why would they call it Persia? That's a really interesting thing to have referred to as heroin. And, you know. right. And as far as my understanding, Persia is now Iran Right. And that part of the part of the world where where poppies are grown, that's their economy. That's their lifestyle. That's what they're growing up with. That that's that's what they use for medicinal purposes. And you know, you didn't. I I, know, I don't hear about addicts back in the day, but I'm sure there there were. But a lot of them the, that was part of their culture and so socially acceptable that you know it was okay to be to use those substances as well for whatever purposes. I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can trace back through history, the opium, uh, the, the opium dens and all these mm-hmm. different things where people went and, you know, all the hookahs and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Nodded, yeah. nodded the fuck out. And, you know, <laughs> and that was a norm. Yeah. Right. All right. Next part. Downtown, downtown, one foot in the grave. Such a foolish child for a date with death. Sign the dotted line. Wow. Mm. Sign the dotted line. Yeah. Uh, the thing that stands out to me the most like such a foolish child is 
because Nikki Six talks so much about his very traumatic childhood. Like if you have not, I recommend anyone that has not read the heroin diaries, uh, let alone 21, his latest book, which really paints a picture of how could someone in his first 20 years mold him to becoming an addict. And it really does a great job of laying it out there. Um, to me, that's what kind of stood out such a foolish child. I mean, it, I don't know about you for me, when I was using the primary thing was all those childhood insecurities, those voices that were in my head, they just seemed to kind of drift away the more the buzz came or the more high I got. And it was like, ah, I like that feeling of not feeling that emotional baggage and shit and everything else. Mm -hmm. Cool. This, this is in a air quotes for people not watching my solution, uh, which is far from a solution. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. The, I, I, I can relate to that as well because I started using substances as, as a young age as a result of uh, trauma that I was I was facing at home. And it, it, it worked for me. It really did. And uh, I would, you know, just kept using the substances for relief. You know, I was I was under an incredible amount of stress. And it took took me away. And, and, and like you said, it, it worked. That was my solution. It, it helped me manipulate my moods. It helped me feel like I was a part of something, you know, something that, that God experienced, something greater than myself. You know, as it was actually the devil standing on my shoulders and do this, do that, try this. You'll, you'll love it. You'll love it. Yeah. yeah. That, you old, pe- that, that pep talk. You nailed it right there. I mean, I love the part uh, for a date with death, sign the dotted line. I mean, it's, it's the selling, it's the reference of selling your soul, selling it to the devil. Anything to keep from feeling like me, <laughs> right? You know, with all with all of my my childhood baggage, you know, uh, children shouldn't have to to feel that way. You know, I, I'm uh, I'm a big advocate for uh, many, many causes, but you know, trauma and childhood childhood abuse and things of that nature. You know, we we could do a lot more to protect our children today. You know, we, we, we should, we should, we shouldn't be, you know, dropping acid in the eighth grade and in, in junior high science class, just laughing our ass off with, with everybody looking at you. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was me. I'm smoking weed before school, drinking wherever possible. And I was, I was drinking like mad dog 2020 before eighth grade class, you know, I don't know how, how, how I got my hands on stuff like that. I just a matter of, being in the right place at the right time and always looking for looking to to fit in basically yeah. you know and i and i wanted i wanted to numb myself i had a, this internal you know distress and internal issues with me and it, it caused me to doubt myself and and i needed i needed that relief you know, because i would it wasn't soon after that that i found myself uh suicidal as well yeah. but that that's that's another story yeah, yeah, no, and we will definitely dig into it when you're on knocking doors down that uh, podcast. We'll go more to that. Yeah. Um, so we we head towards the chorus. Uh, I've been through hell, and I'm never going back. To dancing on glass, going way too fast, going to burn and crash. Uh, I mean, it, it's that acknowledgement. Uh, I think uh, you know it's predictory, right? It's, yes. it's predict. It's predicting where this is going to go, basically in hindsight, but. When we're in it, I, I think I think we really know that that we're 
we're, we're not doing the right things, but, yeah. it, but the, the cost versus uh, consequences versus results for me was, as always the results, the end, the end result, it, whatever, whatever I had to get do to get what I needed to feel the way I needed to feel was worth the effort, you know, the, the, and, and the consequences, you know, I was, well, I was willing to face whatever consequences. It didn't matter. Yeah. I'm glad that you point that out because this is a really interesting part of the song. And, and tell me if you were this, like for me, it wasn't even always the drink uh, per se. Sometimes it was the pursuit of, of the ritual of exactly. getting together with the buddies or, or whatever it was. My dealer, primary dealer was a legal thing. I could, you know, I could drive two minutes from my house and, and grab my drug of choice as if we have a choice. So for me, this is what really I find so interesting about this part and the way that they lined up the, the lyrics along with what you were saying, because the next part of what he said, you know, we know the, the going to burn and crash, but we keep getting away with it. And it's that rush and ritual prior to the even using uh, that. Absolutely. That a lot of us, we get hooked to that too. The dopamine is going at that point. Absolutely. I was thinking about that on my walk this morning, you know, the, how, how it really wasn't really the drugs, you know, in the beginning, it, it was, it was the ritual, the ceremony, you know, and well, for the dancing on glass when, when I first heard this was more geared towards my cocaine addiction, you know, the, the making, the chopping it up, the making the lines, the playing with it, the writing my name and, you know, on, on, on glass or CD cover or whatever. And it was more, more of a ritual, the enjoyment of getting it ready and just have, you know, the acquiring, the getting, the preparing and just, just getting ready to indulge in it. That that's that's more addicting than anything. You know, e- e- even just going out to purchase whatever or score whatever you're using, the adrenaline, that that feeling, you know, that, that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and there's danger involved. Am I going to get robbed? Is, is my dealer going to shoot me? Is he going to rip me off? You know, or am I going to get mugged or robbed with 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 all my stuff? Am I am I going to make it back? Is the cops going to stop me? Am right. I going to run it? Am I going to run this red light like I always do to get back <laughs> home as quickly as possible? I never uh, waited. I was always doing it in the car or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's su- such a. Uh, addictive uh, quality of, 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 you know, that, that quality of addiction, the, the seeking, the, the gaining, the, the, the enjoyment and, and, and see, trying to, trying to get that fulfillment at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I do. And, it, and again, it's a perfect point to talk to us because the next, uh, next lines here is the uh, Valentine's day in London found me in the trash. And of course that's Nikki six referring in 1986 when he was in London. So talking about, like you're saying, the drug dealer going there and, uh, so the wasn't uh, that his first overdose as that well? Was, yep, yep. And so he uh, he had a overdose at the dealer's house. The drug dealer tried to beating the life into him literally, but when they uh, the attempts failed, the dealer threw him in the trash. Literally threw him in the garbage. Wow, so, you know that's that's where that part comes. Uh, Valentine's in London found me in the trash downtown. If you, if you think about it, what, what is trash? It's something throwaway, disposable, has no value. This man, his dealer had no value for this, this celebrity rock star and, and his worth 
that he threw him in the garbage like a piece of trash to dispose of him without regard of consequences for, for either one of them. Yeah. No, he just wanted to keep doing what he's doing and getting people high. And I'm sure, sure. Himself, not getting caught. <laughs> not getting caught. Yeah. Uh, so uh, downtown need one more rush. Then I know I'll, uh, I'll never stop one extra push last trip to the top. So again, uh, really the reference of downtown I'm taking it as, and I'm sure you are that, you know, seedy. Do we always hear downtown, the, the seedy area, so to speak? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're hearing it in your head, aren't mm-hmm. you? Need one more rush that I know I'll never stop. The one extra push last trip to the top. So I don't take it just as a push to like go, you know, push myself out to get the drug. I take it literally as the syringe in the arm, the plunger, that one extra push. push. Yeah. Yep. This is all I need right now. This, 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 this will get me where I need to go until the next time. Right. It's never just one more until right. you did, until you decide it's no more. Exactly. Yeah. What's our, our say? I always screw this one up. Uh, one is never, uh, or, uh, one is one too is, many and a thousand, a thousand is, never, is enough. never enough. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the next part, downtown, downtown. So, so this is pretty, I think pretty clear. Silver spoon and needle, witchy tombstone smile. I'm no puppet. I engraved my veins with style. That is the negotiation process. Of yeah, the addict. yeah. I'm, I'm not an addict, and it's okay. You know, I know it could kill me. The witchy tombstone smile. You know, because it's it's looking at you like I, I'm your thing. No, I've I've got you. Uh, and then you're like, yeah, I'm not a slave to this. This is no this style. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is who I am, right? All right. This is all encompassing. This is me, my multifaceted personality. I put into a spoon and draw it up in a needle and kill all my dreams and feel no no pain until later on. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a delayment of punishment, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I just love the the I'm no puppet. I engrave my veins with style. It is that tr- that that justification process, you know. Mm-hmm. For uh, for me, you know, like I said, primarily alcohol. So it was like, well, everybody does it, and I'm just out and I'm social. No, I'm no worse than that guy. And it just seems to me that that same kind of negotiating with yourself, Absolutely. no matter what, you know, and I'm it, no puppet. It, I got this. Absolutely. It's, it, it, it's, it's ego, right? Yep. It's, it's like, um, he's living this rock star life, right? He's, he, he's, uh, what's this? The words I am, I engraved my veins with style, which means I'm a rock star. I'm supposed to be doing this. I get the best shit. I, I live this life because I'm entitled to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he nailed it on that one. Uh, so then in finishing up, I've been through hell and I'm never going back to dancing on glass. And then, you know, I mean, just, yeah, it's that, uh, that not wanting to succumb to it anymore. And if you think about it, dancing on glass, what, what, what does that really mean? In the beginning, well, back in the day, I was referring to my, my cocaine and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, dancing on glass for me, having read the lyrics is about dancing on this fragile uh, floor 
made of glass and, and, and you're prone, you're prone to fall through. It's going to break. You know, it's not, never, never a solid foundation for anything. You're dancing. You're, you're going to, you're, you're going to break through eventually and you're going to fall. You know, it's just the, 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 the whole falseness and the lies that the drugs tell us that they, that we need them. This is, this is who we are. We deserve this. And we're, we're building, building this, this life on this false platform, right? Yep. That, that foundation of glass can go away. It's, it's, it's like walking thin ice with my heels on fire, right? Yep. That, yeah. That's from, from a great white song. <laughs> oh boy. We could talk about them, right? Uh, what a history of, uh, yeah, the addiction there. Um, yeah. And I think the other interesting thing too, along the lines, of what you're saying is glass is transparent too. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and you know like you said we're having our fun we're not thinking of that danger that the slickness of it the fragility of it and everything else and we in the state of addiction and i'm sure nikki did too thought he was fooling everybody that there was no problem when it was more transparent and people could see it far better Absolutely. than he was willing to, to to admit or accept because again, that ego of it all and everything else. And it's just like, yeah, the more we get into that, I'm like, God, it's such a brilliant song lyrically. And, and, and the difference between a, a, a pane of glass and a mirror is, is just the backing, the reflection, reflection. If you're looking at looking in glass for your, your reflection, it's going to be distorted as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think and, and that. It's, and it's not as bright and vivid as it would be as if you're looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, Misconceptions, you know? Yeah, that's really, I didn't even think of it in that way. Yeah. Uh, so song finishes out dancing, dancing, the cool backup singer, kind of the bluesy vocalist. <laughs> vocalist. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Chiba, you are my Jesus. I mean. Chiba is a reference to heroin. That's what they call, call heroin. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that becomes your God. Mm-hmm. My Jesus, you are my Jesus. That's right. You are what, what I pray to, what I focus on. You are the substance of the, of life. And so I thought it was really interesting, that comparison of of heroin to, you know, uh, a spirituality. That was where the spiritual spirituality lies with his addiction, because in reality, when we are in our addiction, I mean, faith, higher power, spirituality, it's gone. It's not present. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it as soon as I put a substance in my body, I'm blocked. I'm blocked from the spirit, right? And, and take take away take away the substances, I can be connected to the spirit, and then therefore that connection connects me to you, right? right. Connection is the opposite of addiction, all Absolutely. day, every day. Absolutely. Well, man, dude, we dug into this song in ways that I wasn't expecting us to, but uh, it really is such a brilliant song, and I'm glad you brought it up because I hadn't listened to it for a few years, so I was like, wow, I forgot how much I love this song. Hey, are you are you going to play play it at the end of this for people to, <laughs> to listen to or not? <laughs> They're going to have – we can't because we could get flagged. Ah, yeah. yeah. Good old social media diverting us from our primary purpose <laughs> yeah yeah well the podcast platforms uh, uh yeah they uh don't really like it very much 
when we uh, play uh, <laughs> songs you're not authorized to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great song. I mean, I, I highly recommend people you haven't listened to it in a while. Go back and listen to it. Um, Absolutely. The whole album, the Shout It to Devil uh, album is just, it, it's iconic. And why, what an iconic band, you know, they, they, they rank right up there with uh, the Rolling Stones, the Who, and these other ones that, that had struggled openly with their addictions and whatnot, and they're still here today performing in spite yeah. of everything. You know, we, we're very lucky that uh, uh, one, one of the band members have, hadn't passed yeah. through all, all of the, uh, the tumultuous events that, you know, that are recorded in history you know, over the years. They've been around for 22 years now. No, good God. They've uh, 81. 1981 so it's uh 40 40 plus years man 40 years i'm getting old bro i'm getting old (laughs) hey me too i mean that you know uh six years five six years old first time i heard motley crew so yeah i'm i'm with you man but motley crew is awesome to see in 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 person Uh, the 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 sound and the visuals are are on point all the time and they sell out everywhere they go it's an awesome experience it really it really is Oh yeah. No, I think I've seen him. It's close to 20 times now, if I remember correctly. So wow. I'm with you. but, uh, yeah. but yeah, go back, uh, people check out, uh, of course the girls, girls, girls album. This was off of 1987. Uh, great song. You know, you, we'd like to think it was the last time that Nikki overdosed, but no, of course there, there was one other subsequent, uh, overdose that also inspired, inspired some music, of course, uh, kickstart mm-hmm. my heart, but, uh, that might be as the for another time because we want to just focus on this one song. And, and and his band Six AM. Oh God, it's great. He's got so yeah. much great music out there. It's really cool when when artists use their um, their platforms and their music to raise awareness to help mm-hmm. people. You know, let them know that they're not alone. You know, that they could use their platforms for whatever they want, but they they choose to to, to pay back, pay it back to mm-hmm. us. You know, those of us, we, we feel the music, we understand the lyrics and it's, it's just very, music is such, such a important tool in my recovery toolbox today, you know, music therapy, music is medicine, vital to life. Uh, Higgy, if people want to find out more about you, the work that you're doing, how can they find you? Social media, website, et cetera. Hi, uh, my, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Higgy 2.0. Uh, my website is hig20.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Higgy 2.0. Uh, you, can, you can find me on my No More Heroin nonprofit site as well. No More Heroin.org is, is our website there. Um, I'm all over social media. I, I, I do a podcast called the, the Survivor Series which is very similar to the, the platforms you have as well. Don't hide the scars and knocking doors down. And it's really an honor and a privilege to be on this journey with you and, and, and be your friend. You know, you, you've been very valuable, very, in more ways than one. And, and just having me on here, being able to, to articulate and talk again is helping me move forward with, with my goals as well. 
Awesome, man. No, I love you to death. And and I'm willing to bet anybody listening out there, if you haven't reposted one of Higgy's uh, uh, things on social media, someone you know has. So, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, all the links are in the podcast description. So uh, give Higgy a follow, especially, you know, I've, I've had so thank many you. people like I was telling you, brother, that uh, have reached out and like, hey, I'm in recovery too, enjoying the crew cast and you know, it's cool to hear. So, you know, this was a, a really great way for us to not only talk about such a, that again, brilliance of Nikki six with lyric writing since he was started of them molding a song that has a pop appeal, but it's a heavy song lyrically. If you don't, it's, pay it's a heavy hitter for sure. I love it. Yeah. So, Hey, you know, it's just what we do, but uh, I love you, my brother. Thank you very you much. Too. Thank you. Thank you. Crew heads for listening. Of course, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, videos are going up on YouTube of a lot of the podcasts. And uh, don't forget to give uh, CrewCast a follow, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at CrewCast. And uh, as always, crew heads are best. Fuck the rest.